0: On this week's episode of the SSPX podcast, we're speaking with Father John McFarland. Father McFarland is the vocations director for the U.S. District of the Society of St. Pius X, as well as being the Prior of Our Lady of Sorrows in Phoenix, Arizona. We had the opportunity to sit down and chat with him in his office in the middle of June, and due to some scheduling conflicts, we weren't able to get this episode posted before one of the events that we talked about, which was the men's vocations retreat on July 6th through the 11th. But the women's vocation retreat is still upcoming on July the 20th and regardless we spoke about a lot more than just the vocations retreat we talked about the concept of vocations in general what his role is how the u.s district works with the seminary st thomas aquinas seminary in virginia and much much more so if you are interested in vocations have some questions about a vocation or just are interested in the concept of the catholic church in general this is an interview that you won't want to miss If you'd like more information about the priesthood in particular and vocations in general, you can visit the sspx.org website. Right there on the top of the site, you'll see a button that says priesthood. You'll be able to read through a lot more there, as well as the website for St. Thomas Aquinas Seminary. That website is stas.org for St. Thomas Aquinas Seminary. And if you have a particular question for Father McFarland that you would like him to answer or to look at, please feel free to visit our website, sspxpodcast.com, fill out the contact form, and we will make sure the message gets along to him as well. With that said, here's Father McFarland. Well, Father, thanks for joining us for this video and podcast. you're the vocations director for the Society of Saint Pius X in the U- U.S. District. Is that correct? That's right. So, um, I guess before we get into that, and before we start talking about the vocation retreats themselves, um, the relationship between the Society of uh, the Saint Thomas Aquinas Seminary and the U.S. District—they're um, kind of separate, but they work hand in hand. Can you explain a little bit how that works? So,
1: the, the seminaries uh, of the Society are all considered to be international. Okay, they do not. In terms of the structure of the hierarchy, they do not fall under the district. Uh, they are independent um, okay. in that sense. The seminary rector and the district superior are both major superiors. They're on the same level um, within the society, so each one would be a district superior, and seminary rector would, would each be involved in, in uh, the general chapters um, and the uh, meetings of the superiors and so on. So they're they're at the same level of the hierarchy. Okay. Um, but, of course, there, there does have to be collaboration. You know, the, the St. Thomas Aquinas Seminary is located in the United States. Um, the vast majority of seminarians are from the United States. So they not all of them, but, right. uh, but like you said, the vast majority. Um, and uh, the seminarians are, are, so to speak, sponsored by, by a district. So okay. applications to the seminary go first to the district who then approves the the, their application and sends it on to the seminary, um, and the the district does have a certain responsibility for them uh, even while they are um, seminarians, and then um, even more so if, if they they should leave the seminary, and come back to the district without being ordained, and, and so on. Um, the district has the responsibility to help them readjust to sure
0: to uh, to life in the world. To get back to that, okay, and so as the vocations director uh, honestly before you and I started talking about this about a year ago i didn't even know that there was such a position or um, is is that fairly common is there usually one person one priest in a district that's kind of in charge of uh, and we'll get into what right. what it is you do but is there usually one person like that uh no as far as i'm aware i'm the only one in the society at this Ooh,
1: point okay it is it is however a position that that does exist in the church at large most dioceses most religious congregations do have a vocations director okay and that's not it's i mean it's relatively modern but it's certainly something that existed throughout the 20th century sure um just to have somebody in charge of looking after this process and helping these these young people
0: to get where they need to be okay so what do you do what does a vocations director do is it about Uh, fostering vocations is it about like you said kind of helping people adjust as they come back from the seminary if they find that that wasn't their you know their vocation you know what is it that you do Um,
1: all of those things in fact so um, certainly just trying to to promote um, vocations in general um, to encourage the the faithful at large to to pray for the intention to uh, to contribute to uh monetarily to the to the process and so on to to get more and more young people thinking about it um to help those people who are thinking about it to to take the necessary steps. And I think that's that's a big part of it. Um maybe the biggest part <laughs> for uh those who someone who says, I, I want to be a priest or I want to be a religious. What now? What now? Right. Uh and and in particular, you know, it's a bit easier for um, someone who's gone to a school of the society or is a lifetime parishioner, knows priests that he can talk to easily. Um, but, you know, we're certainly getting a lot of interest from, from people who have just recently come into to contact with us, maybe just been to one of our masses a few times. Um, and those people need a lot of uh, guidance, a lot of questions answered. Um, so that's, uh, that's been a big part uh, of this process, especially lately. Um, we've had a lot of, a lot of just uh, inquiries from um, people who have not previously been associated
0: with us, yeah.
1: um, which has been um, quite fascinating and, and encouraging. Yeah. Um,
0: ha- on that note, have you seen more interest in uh, the religious life and the priestly life, you know, young, young men, young women interested in uh, a religious vocation now you know, kind of post or in the middle of COVID compared to before, or or do you do you foresee that? Yes,
1: happening? I, I, in fact, I have.
0: I've certainly received
1: more mm. more inquiries um, since um, the lockdowns and so sure. on. Sure. Um, what exactly? How exactly that's working and what's driving right. that? It's it's hard to say at this point. Right. Uh, but there definitely has been an, an increase in in, uh, in contact with me as vocations director. for Wow. That. Another thing I do is is help the priests. Okay. Um, answering their questions, um, you know, uh, answering questions about particular situations, you know, here's, I'm not sure about this, this young man here is what, what qualifications sure. or here's what might be a problem. What should I do? Right. Uh, where do I go from there? So that I'm still learning a lot on that level, um, mm-hmm. having
0: to, to find answers to those questions. But as, as we go, I'm assuming it will be easier. <laughs> yeah. So why did you, did you, did you ask to be put in this position or did, did, Father Wegner, Father Larue, offered to you. I mean, obviously, you, you have a passion for for vocations. That's something that you you know here at Our Lady of Sorrows, you speak about it a lot. Um, not too much. It's good. <laughs> um, but uh, is that something that you know was kind of put on you, or something you asked for, or a little of both? Okay. Uh,
1: at the the priest retreat um, that I was was attending as a retreatant a, a couple of years ago, um, Father Wegner was preaching and he was talking about. You know, everyone sort of finding his particular uh, niche, his particular sure. focus of his priesthood, as it were. Sure. Um, and already to that point, in my my previous work, I've done a lot of uh, of work with vocations and young people and so on. And so, um, in a consultation, I went to talk to him about it, and he said. Uh, so that was very interesting. <laughs> um, we were looking for someone to be location director. <laughs> so you were so, voluntold. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I don't. It's certainly more work, but I don't mind at it all. It's, sure, it, it's it's a necessary work. Yeah. It's a it's very interesting work. It's something that I love.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's that's what you do. Um, let's pivot to the young man. You know, we're, we're going to be talking probably mostly about um, the seminary and and the priesthood, uh, but a lot of this obviously applies to. Uh, the religious life as well. Um, in sermon a few weeks ago, um, you were talking about, you know, how does one get to the position of being called to the priesthood? Uh, and it's that call at the ordinations uh, where the bishop calls calls the young man to, be, to become a priest. Um, you said uh, the bishop doesn't just start calling random guys out of the crowd at ordination, one puts himself in that position by going to the seminary. And you listed some attributes that a seminary needs to have or a potential seminary needs, needs to have uh, right intention, so some sort of supernatural intention, uh, a lack of impediments, moral and intellectual fit, intellectual fitness, maturity. But even before that, Father, what is it that, you know, a young man is, is just graduating high school or is in the middle of college or something. What is it that they should be looking for themselves interiorly that is kind of a sign or a signal to themselves that, hey, I should, maybe I should try out the seminary or is it everyone? Should everyone try out the seminary?
1: No. Uh, there has to be, like I said, the, the, a certain degree of necessary qualities. Okay. So there are people who are not going to be cut out for it, uh, certainly, um, and that'll be evident. But most are not going to be, so obviously, disqualified. And it's not necessarily finding something in oneself mm-hmm. that can happen. Uh, everything can happen you you know hearing stories about what what got some young man to the to the seminary everybody's different you know and God working through secondary causes um, his grace is obviously there but that's you know we don't perceive that 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 action of grace until there's something that you know that kind of pushes us sure um, sensibly in that in that direction and it can be it can be a retreat it can be a piece of advice it can be um, you know a a particular light in prayer. It can be, um, you know, just a, a dawning sense of the need for priests or the need for religious. The uh, a certain dissatisfaction with with life in the world. You know, I've got everything I'm supposed to have. I've Got my job. I've got my car. I've got you know. Why aren't I happy? It's mm-hmm. all there is. You know, um, and really, it's there. There's uh, as many different things prompting one to that
0: as there are. Young men who enter the seminary or, sure. or young people who enter the religious life. And and you said it takes a certain generosity. So that's that's probably one of the biggest attributes. It's it's right. a certain amount of generosity to devote your life. I mean right. shoot, even to go into the seminary itself. Uh, but certainly to become a priest, a you know, a brother, a, a sister. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's certainly when we're, you know, in promoting vocations, a lot of it is about trying
0: to foster that spirit of generosity. Sure. Sure, absolutely. Um I don't know if you want to tackle this question. If not, I can cut it out. But um, there's a friend of mine who's who's now a priest, and I've known him all the way from you know we were both eight years old together to, to now being a priest. And uh, it was funny seeing his his journey. That sounds like a modern word, but you know, but truly his journey from trying to figure out what he's going to do in life. Um, he tried dating, you know, all the relationships just kind of didn't work out. Mm-hmm. He tried different jobs. He tried going to school, and there was that sense of dissatisfaction with Everything was, you know, nothing was really working for him. He said, well, I mean, I've, I've always loved the priesthood, so I'm going to go give it a shot and, and try it out. Um, and I said, really? You're, you, you're going to do that. And I, I probably committed the biggest sin that you say not to do in that sermon. Really? You, you're going to, well, um, but he did. And he said, I'm going to stay in the seminary until my superior or God tells me not to. Um, is that kind of a valid path as well? Certainly.
1: And uh, you don't want you don't want to go with the sort of try it mentality of I'll just get it crossed off my list and uh, okay. you know I won't try very hard and I hope they tell me to go home so. <laughs> sure but to say look I'm going to give this everything I have mm-hmm. and you know if they tell me to go then I go and I can be entirely at peace mm-hmm. but this is worth pursuing and I'm going to give
0: myself to it the best that I can yeah uh, and that's that is definitely a valid way to approach it and I would say probably. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth but if someone is in that position and, and you know their spiritual director in the seminary says no this isn't for you that doesn't necessarily disqualify them from another avenue in the religious life. that's true that's true unless they unless
1: there's some canonical impediment sure then one is free to 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 try elsewhere sure.
0: uh, but they can still make that effort to give his life to god on that note it's it's interesting because we're living in 2020 um 60 70 80 100 years ago there were many different religious orders. Right. You could become a Jesuit. You could become a diocesan priest. You could become a Benedictine. There's now for young men in America, really three options that, that exist. There's the SSPX brothers. There's the SSPX priests and Benedictines down in New Mexico. This is maybe looking at it in a pessimistic way, but do you think vocations are being lost in a sense because we don't have that many options anymore?
1: Well, I think that we have to account for God's providence as well. Sure. So He's, you know, He's not going to be. Uh, he knows that this this situation would happen, and so, uh, you know, the graces are going to be there for for young men in those to give themselves in large numbers, if they're generous, if they're corresponding with that grace. Sure. To those three options.
0: Sure. Uh, and certainly at the at the beginning of the church. Uh, there weren't a lot of options there yeah that's fair <laughs> so that's fair um on that note i just received an email from uh, a father of a of a young lady who made her perpetual vows uh in the consoling sisters of the sacred heart in italy mm-hmm. um so sister maria Elisabetta de bambino Gesu. i'm butchering the name but uh two americans two american young ladies um made their perpetual vows in the It's first vows actually oh first vows. vows? Yep. Yeah, okay m- this morning yeah this morning uh, and then uh, four more young ladies in the convent, three of them uh, from America as well, made their uh, postulants or took the habit. Took the habit. Took the habit this morning. Um, when you're talking with a young man and a, or a young lady, um, and they say, I would like to devote my life to God, help me figure out what to do. Um, do you kind of help them figure out, you know, I'm. maybe you should go to the Consoling Sisters of the Sacred Heart. Maybe you should go to the SSPX Sisters. Maybe you should be a Carmelite. Um, do you kind of help them figure it out or is there some sort of special um, attribute that can helps you lead them to the right place or
1: it really depends very much on uh, certain aptitudes especially if they're if they are interested in the in the contemplative life mm-hmm. um, for uh for young ladies those contemplative congregations like the Carmelites are uh, not for everyone mm-hmm. there's certainly a, a great appeal to them especially if you know they've read Teresa the child of Jesus and they, they're drawn by that spirituality, but sure. it, it does take a tremendous balance to live that that uh that cloistered life. Uh and so there's there's that as a question. But then beyond that, it's really a lot about just what what is their attraction? Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of, of thinking about the religious life, what is that they they really want to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be a question of, you know, an attraction to say carmelite spirituality or attraction to the devotion to the to the Sacred Heart, or they want to be—they want to be a teacher, or or um, to work uh, in a more nursing type of capacity, uh, and then you know to steer them in the direction of those congregations that do those different kinds of work. Sometimes, it's really, it's they visit a place and they just like it. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. That it feels sure. like home to them. That there's a there's a welcoming family atmosphere, right. uh, And they seem to
0: fit in, and that that is very often the deciding factor. And that, that wouldn't be really selfish. I mean, that's probably something that, that many of us think of, well, we need to not be selfish, but you also have to be happy in a certain sense. You right. have to be satisfied in, in the life you're, otherwise you're gonna do a bad job. Right, and if it, <laughs> if it seems to, to work for you, sure. you know, you can
1: even think of it like, like getting married, you know, sure. you're, you're not just, I've got my list of qualifications for a spouse, you meet them, we should get married. You mm-hmm. know, there's, there, there is that, that personal side of it that, sure. that interaction do we do we work together right uh, and i think that that also does play a role in, in, in questions of the religious life
0: very good well let's move on to the vocations retreat uh we have two vocations retreats coming up this summer um and one for one for ladies here in phoenix and one for young men that's up at the uh, uh holy angels Novitiate uh up in winona is that correct Is that correct right. okay um people are probably familiar with the Ignatian retreat, you know, the, the five-day Ignatian retreat that we do here at Phoenix. Um, is it sort of similar to that? Is it based off of the same sort of ideal or what's the what's the purpose of the vocations retreat? How is it different from others?
1: So it is the, the way we are conducting the retreats. They, they will be Ignatian retreats. Okay. So five-day Ignatian retreats. And in uh, St. Ignatius' original idea uh, of the retreat, He's, he's got his retreating for 30 days. Sure. And it's one on one retreating and retreat master. Sure. It's not the most efficient way to, to, right. uh, to preach retreats. That's for sure. Uh, it'd be nice, but, um, and so th- to be able to focus the retreat a bit more, it helps to, to, to narrow it down so that you have these people who are at the same place in their life effectively. Mm-hmm. Your typical five day nation retreat, uh, you've got a huge range of, of ages and backgrounds and, and where they are in their lives. We had one retreat last year where we had uh, an 18-year-old young man and an 87-year-old. Mm-hmm. They're they're not thinking about the same thing. Sure. sure. And it's not like they can't that they won't get anything out of it, but you can really, um, with a with a more focused group, you can can do things you otherwise wouldn't be able to do. And so that they're all thinking about the this taking this step to perhaps pursue the priesthood of their religious life. We focus very much on on St. Ignatius's choice of a way of life. Mm-hmm. is kind of the, the 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 big moment, if you will, of the of, of the whole retreat. So to get them thinking in that mindset early on, and uh, and using the the meditations, you know, St. Ignatius is thirty days. We cram it into five. So there's lots of stuff you have to leave out. Right. So when you have this focus group of people thinking about about choosing a state of consecrated life, you can. Um, use some of those meditations that you might not otherwise use so um, we'll do a a meditation
0: on the call of the apostles um, for example um, that we wouldn't do on an ordinary uh, five day indignation retreat okay Um, who who should be attending the retreat I know when I was graduating high school or you know 16 17 through through 19 um, it was put into my head looking back at it wrongly now that all right, you have to decide whether you're going to to college or go to the seminary or you're going to go to work or go to the seminary and you have to make that decision at age 17. uh and looking back on it now i realize that was not the right message to be giving to a, you know 16 17 18 year olds um so obviously you you joined the seminary uh, a little bit later after college right you graduated know, from right. university of maryland that's right um so who should be attending who should be looking at possibly attending this retreat those people who are at
1: that point in their life where they are seriously considering this—this this is an, an option that's really on the, the table for them—that they are—it's been been on their mind. They want to to really um, consider it, you know, with that, that spirit of generosity, with a uh, you know, with a degree of seriousness. It's it's got to be more than just well, maybe you know, um, right. but uh, but beyond that, there aren't too many restrictions i would say on who can attend um obviously you have to be free to choose the priesthood of the religious life if you're already married or have impediments uh of other sorts then it wouldn't be for you there goes my
0: deposit (laughs) great thanks (laughs) (laughs) all right um so do you want i mean do you want a lot of people to come i mean obviously you 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 do in a sense Yes. want many many vocations but um if someone's like well i I might be i don't know i'm just kind of trying to just kind of starting to think about it. Mm-hmm. Do you want that kind of person to come to the retreat or someone who's really more seriously thinking right. about it? It's not going to hurt. And <laughs> okay. uh,
1: the person in that that first um, sort sure that, that uh um and I think it it can be an opportunity to to become you know more serious about it, but uh but yeah, it does have to have to be a real option, you know, because if you're if you're just there to to make mom happy or whatever, right. then that's, that's the candidate that I don't want. That's right. the one that's
0: not, not likely to bear fruit. Absolutely. Um, you, you want people to consider the, the priesthood, you know, the, the religious life, the consecrated life. Um, are there other benefits to, to going on this retreat? I mean, if, if let's say I were able to go, um, and didn't have the impediments, uh, and I went and decided not to become a priest or a brother, I'd be getting something out of it. Right. Certainly, and not just having arrived at
1: that decision, which is, you know, can be helpful too, Sure, uh, but also it's uh, the benefits of any five-day nation retreat you have. have. You're spending that time in, in that close contact with our Lord in, in silence, thinking about him getting more serious about, uh, about your Catholic life. And I think even for those who, who decide not to, to pursue it, it can also help to deepen their appreciation um, for the priesthood and the religious life. Uh, to be supporters of it for the future, for their own children if
0: they get married and have kids and so on. Right, yeah. absolutely. You know, it's it's, it's funny that it's, as I've worked more with the Society of St. Pius Tenth over the years, um, I've gained a deeper appreciation for the priesthood, and I'm not just sitting here saying this because I'm in front of you, um, but I, I wish more people understood the importance of it, and I realize and in sermons probably it's difficult for you to preach that without sounding very self-aggrandizing. Yes. Uh, so, what more can can me, uh, you know, us faithful? What what more can we do to help uh, promote the priesthood? Really. The the first and very
1: obvious answer. It sounds like the thing that I have to say uh, <laughs> is is to pray. Sure. Uh, to pray for priests. To pray for the sanctification of priests. To pray for more, for, for vocations. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it really, you know, the the. Grace is a, is a reality. The supernatural is is real, and uh, and we we need that. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we never see directly the results of those prayers in the sense that I know that my prayer helped that guy. Right. Right. But it it, it does. Uh, you know, there are any number of yeah. young men who uh, who make it to the priesthood who seemed like long shots or almost backed <laughs> out at a certain point, yeah. and you know what got them there to a
0: large extent. It was. It was the the prayers of, of the faithful absolutely and as far as this vocations retreat itself um can people sponsor someone can people help you know to send someone a, there's probably a cost of, i think it's 200 or something to go on this retreat uh, i think it's 250 for Winona and 300 here 300 uh, here okay well we'll have the details in the in the descriptions here but uh if someone wants to to help support this type of you know vocations retreat or, or fostering vocations, that's possible for them to do as well certainly we could absolutely
1: <laughs> you're not going to say no to that. We're part. not going to turn down on people <laughs> trying to pay for retreats. <laughs> okay.
0: Um, just kind of one, one more thing as, as we close here. Um, there was a part of your sermon that you gave a few weeks ago, and you're probably going to start sweating when I say this, because I'm quoting you. Um, you said, It's not a matter of deep soul searching to find some mysterious calling in the depths of our being. It's a judgment of prudence, realizing that the priesthood is worth pursuing and deciding to do it. Um, so for the young man who's thinking, you know, I might be giving up this, I might be giving up that, I might be, you know, waffling back and forth. You know, can you speak to that of telling them this is worth something worth doing? Right, well, any anything worth doing is going to
1: to involve sacrifice. And generally the the greater the thing we're trying to accomplish, the more sacrifice it's going to involve. Mm-hmm. Uh, but God is never outdone in generosity, as, as we say, and it, and it really is true. He, sure. the priesthood is, it's a beautiful life. The religious life is a beautiful life. There are crosses, but there are crosses in, in any life. yeah. Uh, and there are tremendous helps um, for bearing those crosses. The community life, the prayer in common, the daily mass and, and daily communion, the, all of these, these great gifts that God gives us uh, as his, his official, um, friends, right? those of us who have really have dedicated our lives entirely to Him. Mm-hmm. We have a special right to, to to graces. We have a special relationship with God uh, that, that is worth really sacrificing anything for. Oh, that's
0: great. Thank you, Father. I appreciate it.
1: My pleasure. Anytime.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the SSPX Podcast. If you'd like more information about vocations and the priesthood, again, two websites you can visit sspx.org. Just click on priesthood right at the top of the page, or you can visit St. Thomas Aquinas Seminary's website. That's at stas.org. And as always, we'll make a little pitch here at the end for your help and your support. A free way to help is to subscribe and to rate the podcast, leaving it a five-star rating or hitting the like button on depending on which podcast app or program you're using helps us out immensely. And simply sharing this podcast, sending it to someone or telling someone about it, Uh, the more that people see it, the more this will pop up in recommendations for people who may be interested in this sort of thing. So that is really the best way uh, for you to help spread this apostolate. And if you are able to, setting up a recurring five, 10, $20 donation uh, for the SSPX podcast helps us out quite a bit. It takes a great amount of time and resources, uh, especially monetary resources to put these together. Uh, So please visit uh, sspxpodcast.com. You'll be able to see all the archives there, by the way, everything that we've ever put out on all of our podcast episodes, Uh, but there's a link there to donate and you can set up a simple recurring donation. It's safe, secure, and easy. Again, five, 10, $20 a month. Uh, Whatever you are able to do, as long as we have those recurring donations, we know that we can keep going and keep producing these podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we'll speak with you next time when we interview Father Paul Robinson.